The scripture this morning comes out of Mark in the 12th chapter, 38 through 44. As he taught, he said, Beware of the scribes who like to walk around in long robes and to be greeted with respect in the marketplaces and to have the best seats in the synagogues and places of honor at banquets. They devour widows' houses and for the sake of appearance, say long prayers, they will receive the greater condemnation. He sat down opposite the treasury and watched the crowd putting money into the treasury. Many rich people put in large sums. A poor widow came and put in two small copper coins, which are worth a penny. Then he called his disciples and said to them, Truly I tell you, this poor widow has put in more than all those who are contributing into the treasury. For all of them have contributed out of their abundance, but she, out of her poverty, has put in everything she had, all she had to live on. The word of God for the people of God. There are a lot of images that come to mind as I read this scripture. I think about everything from the drama that unfolds on TV shows like The Real Housewives of Insert City Here. The lifestyles of the rich and famous have always been something of a draw to those of us who may be sitting on the back bumper of the wealth wagon. I think about Disney movies like Robin Hood, where the sheriff of Nottingham pretends to give money to a blind beggar, Robin himself as it turns out, but hits the coin hard enough that bounces out three coins into his own hand. It even makes me think of the kids that get separated into kindergarten classes based on the economic success of their parents, the wealthier kids in the morning, the poorer kids in the afternoon. We are here again in the book of Mark, specifically still in chapter 12. This chapter is a heavy chapter for the teachings of Jesus. So far, just in this chapter, Jesus has given a parable on the vineyard, which speaks against the Pharisees as absentee landlords. He has reminded the people of Jerusalem to give unto God what is God's and give to the emperor what is the emperor's when they asked if they had to pay taxes or not. He spoke out against the Sadducees' questioning of property rights and patriarchal marriage. He spoke of the greatest commandment and defended his lineage to David. The chapter ends with today's pericope of warning for the people against the scribes. There is a lot of ground that Mark covers in just one chapter. Mark is 16 chapters long, so the passion of Jesus Christ is closely at hand while he is giving these lessons. Each story needs a villain along with its hero. For the writers of the Gospels, the Pharisees and the Sadducees end up more often than not filling that role. What they represent for us through the Gospels is the status quo, the elite, the bureaucracy. We had a glimpse last week of a scribe that went against the status quo and had the the guts to agree with Jesus. But for the most part, most of them had only themselves in mind. What Jesus saw in the behavior of the scribes is not unique to only them. 
It is a common phenomenon seen among elites of all cultures and all generations. The scribes of the time devoured widows' houses, meaning that they would take advantage of the widows and take their inheritance from them. They would walk around and convince them to donate every cent of their inheritance to the temple, promising them a great sum in return for their investment. It's a trend that has continued. Oh, Mrs. Smith, I am so sorry to hear of your husband's death. You know, Mrs. Smith, John was a big supporter of ours. He would want you, he would want to make sure to keep up with that. You know what, Mrs. Smith, I'm going to, elect, I'm going to help you out. We'll take over your finances for, for you. Less worry for you. It's what John would have wanted. Don't worry now, dear. We'll take care. The wealthy and the powerful, usually the same folks, in every society seem to have randomly selected, have been randomly selected to have intelligence, wisdom, and decency that we all crave. Celebrity endorsements are a perfect example of what I'm talking about. It doesn't matter their educational background or expertise in a subject. But if, excuse me, it does not matter their expertise in a, of the, what the subject. If a certain celebrity endorses something, we're going to buy it. Somehow, we have given them the ability to sway our minds simply because they are famous, rich, and therefore powerful. The outside is always considered before the inside. What someone's clothes look like, how they wear their hair, what kind of car they drive. There are tiers of importance, and for some reason, a Mercedes gets more attention than a Yugo. I like the Yugo. I think they're kind of cool. Lancome over CoverGirl, Louis Vuitton over a duffel bag. The more money spent, the greater something is. Because money means power in most societies. Never mind that these outer shells are often hiding something. Beneath all of the glamour of the front page, perhaps something less glamorous hides. Money and power very often lend to moral corruption. People in positions of power manipulate and take advantage of someone who might not hold as much weight as they do. Those without power are clobbered. We hear it often. Who are they going to believe? Who's going to believe you over me? I'm powerful. The crime lords, for example, gather with their families in their massive homes, pose for pictures at the holidays, maybe even show up to church once in a while all while their hired thugs are torturing and exploiting those who stand in their way, those who seek justice and freedom from the oppression placed on them by these seemingly generous and moral people. Well, sure, he's not perfect, but he gives a lot of money, so we're just going to let him do his thing. Even those that are decent and good sometimes find themselves drawn in by the illusion of power by the extravagant trappings, and think that, oh yes, this is the life I want. This is the epitome of culture and class. All the while, the people we are looking up to would not think twice about stepping on us to get one step, step closer to the top. Jesus was not fooled by the glamour and the glitz of the powerful people in his time. 
He saw to the core of these people, and he was determined to make the distinction between money and power and the living of a godly life. Jesus did not have a single scribe in mind as he taught against the behavior of this passage. Rather, Jesus wanted to put a stop to the entire ideology. He warns us in these verses to be aware of those who are at the top, who have the best seats, who hand the best clothes, and have the best of this or that, because they will destroy anything in their path to keep the status quo. And he was right. And he became one of the things they tried to destroy in order to maintain their power, their status quo. When we walk through the lives, our lives giving privilege to those who can be big donors to our causes, we fail to recognize the sacrifice of those that make more humble contributions. As Jesus points out in today's scripture, someone who gives all they have have given their whole selves. Someone who is able to donate millions of dollars and does it for the recognition does not find as much heavenly reward as someone who might donate the last five dollars they have. Everyone from corporations down to local congregations often give power and prominence to those with money. Although the large donations are appreciated, when they are, when they are received, we have to remember that the contributions of the middle and working classes drive the coffers of the charities in our lives. This scripture is not just about monetary giving to the temple. It also reflects on how we give of ourselves to the church and to the world around us. It is nice to say that you might sit on several committees for various organizations. It's nice to be able to tick off all of the things you're involved in each day and week. Some people schedule themselves so much that those around them might say, Wow, look at her. Look at him. They really have it together. Look at how much they do. I wish I could do that, but I only get one day off of work every week. And that's when my family and I go to church. Or that's when I'm able to help mother at home or get my father-in-law to his doctor's appointments. Those that are scheduled down to every last minute might not be able to give their whole selves to any of it. I only have a little to give. Little is not the problem. The amount itself is not the problem. It is whether we are giving of our whole self when we give it. Volunteering our time and money only for how it may look to our peers is not the way to the kingdom of God. Working hard for the lives we need to, to sustain and give what time we have fully to God and fully to others that depend on us is the way to the kingdom of God. If all we have to give is two copper coins, then it is enough for God because it is our all. Yes, this scripture brings to mind a lot of stories we hear of glitz and glamour, either real or imagined. There is something that is intriguing about the, the webs we weave with that. Whether we're paying attention to the lives of the Kardashians or watching reruns of Dallas, which reminds me, who shot J.R.? I've been trying to remember as a kid. It was a, such a big thing, and now I don't even know who did it. 
I, it's just, there's just so much drama. But this scripture also reminds me of all the stories we see of someone hustling to make their families, make sure their families have what they need. Not that they have the brand names, but that they have a good shot at a better life, a good pair of shoes, a good backpack, proper clothing, proper nutrition. It reminds me of the people that make sure that those they love have their fill before they dig in for themselves. In a world of selfishness, be giving. In a world that makes a big deal out of number one, make sure you are looking out for the well-being of number nine and number ten. Give fully of, fully of yourself for the glory of God, not for the glory of keeping up with the Joneses. Amen.